The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. Dr. Seuss. There are thousands upon thousands of amazing, helpful books out there. My goal is to read them and share how we can implement the wisdom to improve our lives, the lives of the animals, and even help save the world. Welcome to Zoo Notable, taking wisdom from self-improvement, conservation, and animal-related books, and using them to help us become the best versions of ourselves. Whether you are an animal care professional or just a lover of nature and life, Zoo Notables helps you grow and level up your life. Welcome to Zoo Notable, distilling wisdom from great books to enrich our minds as we spiral up, continuing on our journey to become the best versions of ourselves. A very, very happy Black History Month to everyone. I am so excited to share this Zoo Notable discussing one of my personal favorite conservation heroes, Wangari Mathai. Now, a side note, yes, she was African, not African-American, but she studied in the United States, and she did amazing work in Kenya for both conservation and women's rights, so I'm going to celebrate her. Now, for this note, I didn't look at one, not even two books on Wangari's life. I actually looked at five children's books written about Wangari's life, plus one of my favorite books of all time, The Flight of the Hummingbird, where she wrote a foreword for the environmental parable. In fact, it was Wangari's telling of the hummingbird that I first heard the story and let the lessons change my life forever. Now, these stories taught me a lot about Wangari's life, and her life demonstrated very powerful virtues that we can all learn from. Persistence, courage, patience, commitment, and passion. So let's celebrate the life of Wangari and her ideas for making the world a little bit better. And we're going to kick things off with a quote from Wangari in the forward to Flight of the Hummingbird. One of the most important lessons I have learned is that all citizens need to be empowered. We need to feel that the life we want for ourselves and our children can be achieved only when we directly participate in protecting and restoring our environment. We can't wait for others to do it for us. We need to take action ourselves. Again, this is a different Zoo Notable than usual as I'm pulling some wisdom and pulling some facts from five different books. And if you'd like to check them out yourself, I highly recommend it. These are all children's books that I got from the library. Seeds of Change by Jen Cullerton Johnson. Planting Peace by Gwendolyn Hooks. Wangari's Trees of Peace by Jeanette Winter. Planting the Trees of Kenya by Claire A. Navola. And Wangari Mathai, The Woman Who Planted Trees to Bring Change by Lisa Creighton. I'm also going to apologize right now for some of the pronunciation. Um, again, doing the best I can. There's just so much great knowledge. I do want to share some of that, again, the culture that was brought in by reading these books. And then just, again, the amazingness that uh, Wangari did for women's rights, for environmental protection, and for her country. And Wangari Mathai was born Wangari Muda on April 1st, 1940, in the Nairi district of Kenya, when it was a colony of Britain. She was the daughter of farmers and learned the value and importance of trees from a very early age. So all the books that I read specifically pointed out the fig tree, or what they called Mugumo. It was sacred to Wangari's family and 
village and symbolized prosperity and abundance, as the Mugumo provided so much to the lives of the Kikuyu. It's not just its fruits, but the wood for fire and even the roots, which maintained a healthy balance of filtering the water in the soil. When Gari was young, she asked if she could attend school. Now, at this time, girls often didn't go to school, but Wangari's parents thought it would be good for her, so they allowed and sent her to school with her brother. However, when she was 11, she could no longer attend the local school. So Wangari actually left her village and attended an all-girls school and eventually earned a special scholarship that allowed her to study biology in the United States. Wangari received her Bachelor of Science in 1964, and then continued her studies in Pittsburgh to receive her master's in biology. And Wangari's time in the United States exposed her not just to an education, but something that many African women did not achieve, but also to the environmental movement and activism. So when she returned home to Kenya, Wangari continued her studies even further, becoming the first East African woman to receive a PhD. But she noticed that the environment was changing. Her sacred fig tree, the Mugumo, was being chopped down along with many other trees throughout the villages. Food became scarce. Firewood became scarce. Without the tree roots, there was nothing to hold onto the soil. So normally, tree roots grabbed the soil and held it tight, keeping the soil from washing away in the heavy rains. No longer being held by tree roots, the soil streamed into the rivers. And the water that had been used to grow the crops, such as maize, bananas, and sweet potatoes, turned to mud and it dried up. And this caused many families to go hungry. The tree roots also filtered pollutants, such as farm animal waste, out of the water as it flowed downward into the earth. Now, lands, land once thick with trees was now actually a desert. And the trees that had once captured farm waste pollutants were gone and the waste was free to run into streams and rivers. The water was no longer safe to drink. So Wangari believed that something was truly important, that you had to do something about it. The fig trees of her youth were important to her. The soil with its nu rich nutrients that allowed her vegetable garden to grow was important to her. Her family and all Kenyan people were important to her. To see the devastation that occurred over the years broke her heart. Wangari realized that cutting down most or all of the trees was was, caused the most of the problems, so she decided to do something about it. She began with helping women in communities plant trees. Slowly, the idea of village women planting trees grew to numerous villages in Kenya and then throughout all of Africa. The movement became known as the Green Belt Movement and earned Wangari the nickname Mama Midi, the Mother of Trees. Wangari faced many hardships and uphill battles in her quest to plant trees and conserve the environment. Corrupt government officials, big corporations, and men in power didn't like this outspoken woman telling them that they were doing things wrong or that they needed to change. Wangari was arrested, she was beaten, and even divorced for her peaceful protest. Her husband called her, quote-unquote, difficult to control, and the government spread lies, calling her crazy and, quote, danger to the order and security of the country. But Wangari persisted. She helped empower women and men to plant trees. She brought communities together to fight for the rights of all people, not just the rights of those in power. Finally, after more than two decades 
of protests, planting, and practicing her principles, change happened in Kenya. In 2002, Wangari was elected to parliament in its first free election of Kenya. She served as Minister of the Environment. And in 2004, Wangari made history again by becoming the first African woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize. But this was not the end. Wangari continued to learn more about how to make an impact on the environment, on communities, and on the world, up until her death on September 25th, 2011. Before we continue with our Zoo Notable, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. I couldn't do these Notables without them. So we'll be right back after these messages. So let's go over those five virtues one more time and see if you can determine when Wangari demonstrated them throughout her life. Number one, persistence. Number two, courage. Number three, patience. Number four, commitment. And number five, passion. Number one, persistence. Now, I see this theme of persistence springing up in Wangari's story from early age all the way through into adulthood. But this was particularly when Wangari was being silenced by those who had sworn to serve their country and the people within it. I'm actually reminded of the event in 2017 when Senator Elizabeth Warren was voted to stop reading a letter written by Coretta King in regards to Jeff Sessions' abysmal record on civil rights. The then-Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell stated, She was warned. She was given an explanation. Nevertheless, she persisted. So that statement, nevertheless, she persisted, went absolutely viral. It was donned on t-shirts and it became a feminist rallying cry. And while the quote is attributed to the, this incident in 2017, the act of persisting itself is not new. I am inspired and empowered to know that Wangari Mathai faced so many hardships. Nevertheless, she persisted. And because she persisted, her community, her country, and the entire world became a better place. She understood that persistence, patience, and commitment to an idea as small as a seed but as tall as a tree could, that reaches for the sky must be planted in every person's heart. And from the book Planting Peace by Gwendolyn Hooks, Wangari showed how persistence brings people together. Gwendolyn writes, in 2004, Wangari won the Nobel Peace Prize. Some ask, asked, what does planting trees have to do with peace? She didn't need to answer with complicated words. A trip to the rural areas to watch women, men, and children from various communities working side by side was the answer. Different communities had opposing views and they often fought each other because of these differences. But Wangari showed how planting trees helped everyone and brought communities together. It didn't matter what community they belonged to. She planted trees with women and men from all communities. And those women and men showed others how to plant trees. The Green Belt movement didn't stop in the rural areas of Wangari's home country. It spread across Africa and to countries worldwide. Wangari's simple idea had spread the seeds of peace. Number two, courage. It's not easy to go against the grain, even when it is the right thing to do. 
It's even more difficult when you're standing up to your government and your own people. And then in Flight of the Hummingbird, Wangari said, We sometimes underestimate what we can accomplish as individuals, but there is always something we can do. Like the hummingbird in the story, we must not allow ourselves to become overwhelmed. We must not rest. This is what we are called to do. It is our human responsibility to appreciate nature and to preserve and protect the world's natural resources. We can all be like the hummingbird, doing the best that we can. And Wangari spoke out to those who were destroying the forest and bringing devastation to the people of Kenya. She told her government and big corporations, the trees you're cutting down today were not planted by you, but by those who came before. You must plant trees that will benefit communities in the future. Like a seedling with sun, good soil, and abundant rain, the roots of our future will bury themselves in the ground, and a canopy of hope will reach the sky. While Wangari was wrongfully jailed, she was beaten, she received death threats, she still persisted, but only because she had the courage to change, and the courage to change starting with herself. Number three is patience. Have you ever planted a garden? Now, I personally love spring. I love the planning, the preparing of the garden, the planting of the seeds, and the hoping for a fruitful harvest. But you know what I think is the worst part? It's the whole season of summer. And why is summer the worst? That's because for many of the plants, they don't actually produce until either late summer or even until fall. So you plant in the spring, but you don't receive anything for more than a whole season. And planting a garden takes patience. And consistency is key too, because you have to consistently water and tend to the garden. But it takes the patience to benefit from planting a garden early spring. And the garden that Wangari planted was the entirety of what became the Green Belt Movement. Wangari started in 1977. And while within Kenya, the movement grew throughout the many communities, it took decades before Wangari was recognized for her consistent contributions to conservation and peace. It took a lot of time and a lot of patience to see the healthy and wonderful benefits of Wangari's efforts. Deforestation had taken her sacred Mangumu trees, but it didn't just impact the environment. Deforestation had an impact on the communities themselves. It didn't just mean less trees or fruit, it meant not as much firewood, which also leads to poor nutrition as families end up relying on processed pre-cooked meals. Women had to walk greater distance for water and to find firewood, which meant they risked their own safety just to provide for their family. Planting trees nearby, while it took time, would provide everything a village needed within their own community. There would be plenty of resources for everyone. And Wangari called her movement the Green Belt Movement for the way the trees were planted, in a row or a belt. And slowly but surely, it restored Kenya's land and made it more suitable for growing food. And growing trees provided cleaner water, and planting trees helped women earn money and learn new skills, empowering them in their communities. And it started with the seed planted in hope, but taking patience, persistence, and our next idea, which is commitment to see that hope blossom. 
And as we just mentioned, number four is commitment. Mulangari was committed to her movement. She believed that working together would change the world. And as I read these insightful children's books, I came across a word that Wangari used to rally her countrywomen, Harambe. It means let's work together. And working with other communities, even communities who didn't like Wangari because she was a woman or because of where she came from, was important to Wangari. She knew without everyone buying in that there would be no change. So she persisted. Wangari kept helping and kept helping, teaching men, women, and children of every village how to plant seeds, how to tend their gardens, and how to change the negative impact of deforestation. She knew it would take time, she knew she needed patience, and she committed herself to doing what was right. And finally, we have passion. Finally, the virtue I saw burning brightest in Wangari was her passion. From an early age, Wangari held a passionate love for nature and the environment. Throughout her adult life, Wangari spoke and wrote fondly of her childhood experiences with nature. They were key to shaping her into the woman she had become. The fig tree, the magumo, was sacred to her. Seeing the devastation in her community from deforestation helped Wangari channel her passion, create the Green Belt movement, and help preserve her world a little better. Without her passion for learning, there would have been no persistence. Her love was a big why that helped her stay the course and keep going, even when things were tough. Wangari's passion is what gave her courage. When Wangari was young, and had to travel away from home to attend school. I'm sure she was scared. She had never left her village before, but her passion kept her going. It was her passion for community and loving the planet and the benefits of trees that gave her patience to work hard and let the benefits filter in. And it was passion that helped Wangari rally her community and help other communities, commit to helping them so that they could help change the world. Wangari left her mark on the world. She empowered so many people and even today encourages so many to do what they can to make a difference. Her favorite method to change the world? You guessed it. Plant a tree. As Wangari said, after all, trees are living symbols of hope and peace. So there we have our Zoo Notable for today, Wangari Mathai. Hopefully you learned a little bit more about just a wonderful Black conservationist hero to honor Black History Month. If you would like to read some of the books about Wangari, again, the five that I read were Seeds of Change by Jen Cullerton Johnson, Planting Peace by Gwendolyn Hooks, Wangari's Trees of Peace by Jeanette Winter, Planting the Trees of Kenya by Claire A. Navola and Wangari, The Woman Who Planted Trees to Bring Change by Lisa Creighton. And Wangari also wrote a memoir called Unbowed. It is on my, uh, <laughs> one that now moved to the top of my to get and to read list, along with her book called Canopy of Hope and another one called Challenge for Africa. I'll put links in the description down below. Persistence, courage, patience, commitment, and passion. Let these virtues help lead you to a life full of hope, empowerment, and being our best selves for our families, our communities, and the planet. 
I'm going to wrap us up today with just a few quotes. These are all by Wangari Mathai. She says, The earth was naked. For me, the mission was to try to cover it with green. Wangari told us, When we see that we are part of the problem, we can become part of the solution. I always felt that our work was not simply about planting trees. It was about inspiring people to take charge of their environment, the system that governed them, their lives, and their future. And finally, Wangari Mathai says, plant a tree. After all, trees are living symbols of peace and hope. That's all I've got for this great book. Let me know your thoughts. What big idea resonated the most with you? And how can you incorporate that into your life starting today? And share some of your favorite books that you'd love to see a Zoo Notable on. Thank you to my patrons, Rochelle, Sarah, Liz, and Stephanie. Keep working on becoming the best versions of yourselves today, tomorrow, and forever for you, your community, the animals, and the planet. Take care, and I'll see you all next time.